welcome to the NTU Wellness Podcast. I'm your guide, Natasha, and this is the place to be to remember, to reconnect, and to reclaim your natural state and your truth. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining me today. All right. So today's episode, I wanted to do a little bit more research and look around inflammation and circulation and how we can support this. First of all, inflammation within the body not only feels painful, but it can also lead to many other mental and physical health issues. And these can include depression, diabetes, heart disease, cancer, arthritis, but we can make changes to our lifestyle and this can include helpful herbs as our allies, and they can help us to ease symptoms of the inflammation and even help us to prevent disease. Now, remember with our body, our ability to maintain healthy circulation and to help with the inflammation response within our body, it can become a compromise, especially as we grow older. And we can also experience certain diseases with this. Poor circulation and an increase in inflammation can decrease our quality of life. And as I had mentioned, can really increase our risk of various diseases. And these conditions are complicated and they're also multifactorial and individual to each individual person by person. And this is where we can use herbs that can help just provide some support for our bodies to help maintain that whole body vitality and optimal health. And many of these are really easily incorporated into our diet. So incorporated with our food and taken more as a food than a supplement. So the first thing I wanna look at here is before we go into the herbs is increased activity. So first and foremost, a healthy lifestyle will have the most profound effect. Regular to light to moderate exercise, we're not saying overdoing it here, can really help and improve the blood flow and to bring nutrients while at the same time removing waste products from the body. It also strengthens the cardiovascular system, the respiratory, and also helps to lubricate the joints and boosts our mood. And all of these will help improve our resistance to stress. And with that, guess what? It helps to reduce inflammation. With that, remember to start slowly. You may even wanna consider hiring a professional, uh, whether it's a personal trainer or um, an instructor of some sort to help you and guide you through, especially if you haven't worked out before and you need that assistance to, and that support to find the best exercises and the best way to move forward. Okay, so the other piece here around lifestyle is looking at the diet. Going for an anti-inflammatory diet, which this can really help to, again, look at by providing whole body vitality to you. So a nutrient-dense diet that really emphasizes those antioxidant and anti-inflammatory foods can be really supportive and tremendously helpful in reducing inflammation within the body. 
there are so many different types of healthy diets, and I'm sure you probably read a lot of those or seen them. But for the most part, if we are eating foods that are within season, that are as grown locally, uh, organic if you can, these are going to really help us to eat the foods that are most nutrition-based because they're going to be growing and within that season that they're, that they are harvested in. We also need to remember that we each have unique needs. So you need to tailor the diet towards those as well. Now, when we look at the foods that are generally supportive, we want to include those leafy greens, uh, produce with those vivid hues. So lots of colors, remember, blueberries, strawberries, a lot of those berries are really helpful, as well as lean proteins. And you can have an emphasis on plant proteins here as well, but also fatty fish, wild fatty fish can be really helpful here. Looking for those anti-inflammatory oils, such as olive oil, avocado oil, these can really help to set us up in the right direction. We can also incorporate green tea, and again, this is where you want to make sure that there are no drug interactions. You can also get uh, decaffeinated green tea if you don't want the caffeine, which, hey, that's awesome because not all of us want the caffeine. And then you can also look towards those culinary spices and herbs that you can add into your daily diet. When we look at different proteins, we can look at beans and nuts and seeds for those carbs, those whole grains. And when we're looking for those other proteins, those meat-based proteins, going for wild or pasture-raised, these are gonna be the most healthy for us in general. Now there are many different thoughts on, you know, different diet styles, paleo style, uh, Mediterranean diet, vegetarian, vegan, but remember, make sure that you're suiting your own needs and not just following social kind of expectations of what we should eat because not everyone can go on a vegetarian diet or a vegan diet. Some of us need those um, meat proteins in order to provide that vitality that we need in our bodies. So this is where you really need to pay attention to what it is that you need and how to move forward with that. When it comes to diet, some people may find that those nightshade family plants like potatoes, uh, peppers, tomatoes, eggplants can actually worsen inflammation, but for most of us, they may not. So once again, this is about you using your innate intuitive wisdom and guidance from within. See what's happening to your body when you eat these foods. A food journal can be really helpful when we're trying to target the foods that are causing the inflammation because this can give you that research of what it is that you need to keep yourself healthy. With that diet part, looking at sugar and processed food, alcohol, these things can cause a lot of inflammation in the body factory farm meat, artificial ingredients, these really aren't good for anybody. 
And it's really amazing how our diet, making a difference in our diet, making it's clean, health promoting, can really make a difference in our overall health and well-being. This can really affect in terms of our inflammation and the circulatory system and how best we can support it and how we can move forward. Again, we all want whole body vitality. We want to feel energized and not feeling aches and pains on a daily basis. That is the natural state that we want to be in. So when we're looking at herbs, remember to talk to a qualified health care provider to ensure that they're appropriate for you. You also want to take into account if you're pregnant or breastfeeding, or again, double checking for any of those herb drug interactions, because they may cause a risk of lowering the blood sugar. Maybe there is a bleeding risk. So always make sure that you are taking that into account. So let's look at some herbs and even foods that are helping the blood move. So we're gonna call these those warming blood movers. These have this pungent, spicy kind of warming, circulation enhancing activities. They tend to decrease inflammation within the system. All right, so the first one is garlic. This really is a potent medicine for most of us. Uh, it has been relied on across the world for immune, cardiovascular, and overall health, and this has been for centuries. Through inconsistent studies, it has been suggested that garlic can, that it has a mild blood pressure and cholesterol lowering effects, but it's really the cardiovascular tonic benefits that are really likely to help you out here. Garlic also offers antimicrobial and potentially immune stimulating effects, which is really earned its place as far as its use in, for infections. When we're working with garlic, generally it will be more potent raw or even lightly cooked, especially if you crush it up and let it sit for five to 10 minutes. Now there are some cautions around raw garlic. It can be really caustic on the skin or for those who have a sensitive digestive system, you definitely would probably want to cook this or lightly cook it, which will make it better tolerated. Garlic also feeds the gut here. So it could cause for some of us uh, that gassy or bloaty kind of feeling. So once again, you don't want to overdo it. It's a really strong and potent herb. So the next one that's under that warming herb is ginger. Now ginger really warms things up a notch. It can also offer this potent anti-inflammatory and that circulation enhancing properties. And it's all in this tasty little package. If we're taking this in our food, which is the way that, hey, if we can is the best way, but some of us will take it in a tea or tincture or maybe even a pill or powder form. But fresh ginger really offers the most antiviral activity. Now, ginger powder is more drying to the system than uh, the raw. So once again, if we are looking to not dry ourselves out too much, then I would suggest doing it with the raw. And ginger powder 
is also hotter in its energetics here as well. So it's drying and hotter. Like garlic, ginger seems to discourage the formation of fibrous tissues on the blood vessel lining as well as clots. It also helps to prevent platelets from sticking together. So this is really good for heart health. There has been clinical trials that have shown benefits for many types of inflammation and pain that are comparable to conventional medications and for averting migraines and to ease menstrual cramps. It also may reduce the pain in rheumatoid and arthritis. And then those cautions here, ginger's hot spicy nature could be irritating to some people to some people's digestion. So listen to your body and avoid it if it aggravates uh, the digestion. All right, so the next one I wanna look at, which has gotten quite a reputation of lately, and that's turmeric. This herb has regularly been used within the Indian culture and the Indian cuisine. For the communities that have used it over in India, the rates of Alzheimer's and dementia it has been much lower. Now, this bright yellow super spice also supports the cardiovascular health, liver detoxification and protection, and it also helps with inflammation and helps to reduce pain. You do wanna make sure that when you purchase this, that it's from, uh, in its pure form, and that is coming from a reputable company. And that is coming from a pure source. Now it can also be taken as a pill. However, the one thing I wanna say, the more that we can take it as a food, having the taste on the tongue is the first place of digestion. So we are gonna get the most benefit from taking it as a food because taste is involved there but you can take it as a tincture here as well. One of the best ways that I have found to incorporate it into my foods is including it as a golden milk beverage. Uh, Curry-based sauces is a great one. Uh, you can also use it in stews and stuff. Soups is another way to use it as well. Now with turmeric, the best way to use it in your foods is to make sure that there is a fat soluble within it because it seems to be digestible better that way. And also with a spice like black pepper or ginger because it really enhances its impact and its bioavailability. All right, here we go. This is the last one for under the warming. So cinnamon that beautiful warming fall spice. It's so good on apples. <laughs> All right, so this one is most famous for improving insulin sensitivity and to help reduce blood sugar in people who have type two diabetes, particularly in the early stage. Cinnamon is a potent antioxidant and anti-inflammatory herb that also helps to support support the blood vessel tone, circulation, and mild blood pressure reduction. As we know, it tastes delicious in food. You can put it in tea. Uh, you can also place it in that golden milk with the turmeric. That's a really nice factor here as well. Cinnamon here has that quality of being a little bit astringent, and it may aggravate constipation and dryness in some people when you're taking it at a high or a regular dose. 
So once again, listen to your body. Now there are different types of cinnamon here as well. There's cassia, which is which tends to be more medically potent and astringent. And then there's Ceylon, which is the sweet or true cinnamon. And this one is less astringent, but also tends to be less medically potent here as well. There's actually one more that I want to talk about here. I thought that cinnamon was my last one, but I want to also talk about rosemary. Rosemary is yet another potent herb that is anti antioxidant and anti-inflammatory. And, and it is also a circulation enhancing culinary herb. Like ginger, it has a profound blood moving activity effect. However, it lacks their intense heat, that intense heat from ginger. This herb also is a grease cutting herb, so it helps to improve digestion. Rosemary has also been known for brain supportive and neuroprotective properties. And these have been well studied for that perky alert of focus and that effect of really being able to concentrate and to concentrate and that cognition. And this is particularly in older adults. You can kind of imagine it like clearing the cobwebs of inflammation and oxidization in the brain and the bloodstream. Now, when we're looking at either dried rosemary or fresh rosemary in our food or tea, or even in a tincture, the fresh is more vibrant. And you can also take a moment and just inhale the plant or the essential oil. And this can also have that effect that we're looking for, for that perky alert focus. Remember, less is more. When we're working with herbs, again, the more we can get organic and, you know, closest grown in our area, the better it's going to be. And, and remember, sometimes the best rule of thumb is less is more. You can always add a little bit more if you're feeling you need that effect. When we are taking herbs as food, there's less risk a lot of the time. However, when we are making anything as a tincture or taking it as a pill, the main thing I want you to remember is this isn't always long term, especially if you're taking it on higher doses. You want to take it for a period of time and then get off it. Herbs can be treated just like any other medication where we get very reliant on it and we can actually do more harm for the body than do good. So this is always about you checking in with yourself, checking in with that wisdom within, that guidance within. When things start to feel better, that may be an indication that you only need to do this for a little bit longer and then go off it. You can always take a break and come back to it if you need to. And I can't emphasize enough to make sure you check with a qualified practitioner and your doctor to make sure that there aren't any interactions and that you are doing the best thing for you. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed this. I hope this gave you some information about how you can, on how you can bring that whole body vitality to yourself, get back to that natural state of vitality and 
feeling good in your body, your bones, your joints, all of that. If you are wanting to learn more, please check out my website and check out my programs. There's so much stuff in there. There's free resources there as well. If you're looking for ways to get your body moving, I have Magic on the Mat, which has movement, meditation, and rituals, everything to get you moving, and everything from beginner to a little bit more intermediate, or so this is something that you can grow with and challenge yourself with as well. So check that out as well. I'll leave the link uh, in the notes there. And with that, I'm going to wish you a amazingly awesome day. Go out there and be your fabulous self. And I look forward to the next time we meet. All right. Have a great day. Bye for now. Oh,